You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all of you Foxborough faithful. You are now locked into the Locked On Patriots podcast, and it is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. And if it's Wednesday, it's time for a visit from our new resident lady of Locked On. Talking tight endage today here on your daily home for news notes and analysis infused with the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. And of course, thank you all for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage, and most importantly, your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots, free and available on all platforms. Greetings, salutations, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday episode of the pod. My name is Mike DeBate. I cover your New England Patriots for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation Patriot Maven. And, of course, your host of the Locked On Patriots podcast. And today on the pod, we will be talking a little tight endage. The Pats surprisingly showing some interest in the position, maybe even in the upcoming 2022 NFL Draft. Most of us thinking the Patriots were well covered with both Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith in the fold, but you know the New England Patriots. They do not rest on their laurels. This is a team that will always look for ways to improve, and the Patriots are continuing to do that. If we're talking tight endage, you know our guest has to be the empress of tight endage herself, Miss Claire Clazy Claire Cooper. And Claire is our resident Wednesday lady of Locked On. It's always my honor to share the microphone with her. And today we will be talking about the Patriots' potential interest in tight ends in the upcoming NFL draft. And you're not going to want to miss who Claire has her sharp eye on when it comes to the Patriots' potential targets. We'll also talk about tight ends coach Nick Cayley. Could Nick be in line for a much bigger role in 2020? Well, even though we're not quite ready to close the door on Bill O'Brien or an established offensive coordinator coming in, Nick Cayley's name has popped up recently as someone who could have a much bigger role when calling plays. Don't forget, Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, they're expected to coach a little bit more when it comes to the Patriots offense this year, but neither of them is exactly a proficient play caller. The Pats have their work cut out for them, and their tight endage coach just might be the answer to some of those problems. Pats fans, you know as well as I do, it's always a lot of fun when the Countess of Class herself drops by, and we will welcome in Claire Classy Claire Cooper in just a moment. But yesterday, you might have seen a little unpleasant news circulating throughout the Patriots news cycle. Now, we all know that J.C. Jackson, the Patriots' top cornerback, arguably their top free agent target, is about to enter the world of unrestricted free agency. That is unless the Patriots decide to franchise tag him. And Steve Balistrieri and I talked a little bit about this on Tuesday. Well, if, in fact, the Patriots do decide to use the franchise tag, it's expected that they're going to have negotiations with J.C. on a potential long-term deal. Well, Jackson revealed yesterday to Phil Perry that he and the Patriots have not engaged in any contract talks, stating that he feels like they believe they don't want him. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that was initially the gist of what J.C. was trying to say. Ultimately, he did say that if he slapped with the tag, he'll still go out there and play, but it's not the way he wants these negotiations to wrap up. Ultimately, J.C. wants to get paid. He even said such. It's time for Mr. INT to get paid. But will the Patriots be willing to pay his asking price? I know some of you are squeamish about this, especially when J.C. Jackson comes right out and says that there hasn't been any dialogue between both sides. I would caution you not to be too concerned about that. After all, the Patriots have a pension of going down to the 11th hour when it comes to contract negotiations, especially ones of the size that J.C. may be looking for. So because both sides haven't talked yet, doesn't mean it won't happen. But one thing to keep a sharp eye on is the New England Patriots' opportunity and ability to meet J.C. Jackson's asking price. Don't forget, the Patriots will spend when they feel it's necessary, but they're not going to dole out unnecessarily big contracts. Ultimately, there's still a lot here to unpack, and here this week on Locked On Patriots, we'll continue to discuss J.C. Jackson. A little bit with our guy Murph, who's joining us tomorrow, and especially Friday's episode, you will not want to miss. 
Joining us both on audio and video, the YouTube debut on Friday here on Locked On Patriots, Miguel Patscat Benzon will be joining me. And we'll be discussing a lot of different topics, but you can bet one of the most prominent will be J.C. Jackson. But here today on Locked On Patriots, we're talking tight endage on a Wednesday. Claire, classy Claire Cooper of Pat's Propaganda and Full Press Coverage Patriots joins me when this Wednesday episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. Locked on listeners, football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam, both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, all proudly found at BetOnline.net. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Patriots fans, thank you once again for joining me here today on the pod. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is always free and available on all platforms. And as I said to open the show, it is Wednesday, but it's still time for a little tight endage talk, and that can mean only one thing. That's right, folks. Joining us here today on the pod is our resident lady of Locked On, our new Wednesday regular, and we couldn't be happy to have Her Majesty with us today. She is a phenomenal columnist for PatsPropaganda.com, as well as Full Press Coverage Patriots, where she happens to host her very own podcast, A Claire Perspective, A Patriots Podcast. And a special congratulations to my guest today on her one-year anniversary of launching the pod. Folks, I say it each and every week. I continue to say it. She is appointment listening. The guests that she is able to compile, the information that she's able to provide, And the entertainment value, the way only she can provide it, is truly something that sets her apart from the rest. And I, for one, could not be happier for her or more proud of her success. Once again, congratulations. And here's to many more years of a Claire perspective and all of the great content she provides. Without further ado, folks, she is here. She is ready. The lady of Locked On, the empress of tight endage, the queen of TE, the baroness of blockers, the principal of positivity, the countess of class herself, Miss Claire Classy Claire Cooper joins me today. Claire, thank you so much for joining me here today on your regular Wednesday spot, especially from across the pond. Welcome back to Locked On Patriots. Welcome back to Locked On Patriots. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Thank you for having me. What else would I do on a Wednesday other than come over to Locked On, take my little seat here and talk tight-ended? <laughs> <laughs> Well, we always love talking Patriots football with you, regardless of the subject. But today we really get to focus on tight ended. So if you I hear a little extra spark <laughs> in Claire's voice today, folks, that's the reason why she loves it. We love it. And we love her. And we're glad that uh, she's here with us each and every Wednesday, <laughs> especially on a tight endage Wednesday, like the one we're about to discuss. And uh, Claire, as a lot of Patriots fans continue to talk about J.C. Jackson and the franchise tag, um, it's not the only story right now circulating the Patriots news feed. Senior Bowl is now a couple of uh, uh, weeks in in arrears. They're now uh, the, the Senior Bowl is a couple of weeks behind. And the New England Patriots always do their due diligence in these uh, forums to be able to scout for future talent. They'll do it in you know the upcoming days uh, when it comes to uh, the uh, the. Um, the, uh, the, the combine, combine. and uh, getting a chance. Yes, exactly. Thank you. So, see, this is why Claire is on the show. She, you know, <laughs> my memory lapses is exactly what she goes after. But uh, no, all kidding aside, folks, um, the combine is coming up in a couple of weeks and the Patriots will have their contingent down there without any question. However, one thing that surprised me from some of the Super, uh, some, some of the Super Bowl, geez, well, this is really good this morning. Um, from <laughs> Mike hasn't had any coffee, thanks. You know, yeah, I'm, on, exactly. I'm on my second cup, which is which is never good. Me and caffeine is never good, but <laughs> Mike's really depreciated today, so we, we should really give him a, a bit of a break because he needs a bit of caffeine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, folks. It's really, it's not pretty. It's not a pretty sight right now, but um, <laughs> um, 
the Senior Bowl, thank you, the, uh, the Senior Bowl uh, stuff that came out a couple of weeks ago and some of the uh, notes that came out about who the Patriots might have scouted, what players the Patriots might be interested in. One of them surprised me when it was reported that the Patriots had what was described, quote, as an in-depth meeting with Maryland tight end Shigazim Okonkwo. And it got me thinking about why the Patriots would have an in-depth meeting with a tight end. In-depth meetings don't always indicate that the Patriots have an interest in the player. It sometimes indicates that the Patriots have an interest in the position. And that, to me, was more intriguing than the interest in the player because Okonkwo, obviously, I mean, he's got the ability and all the tools to be an effective weapon, especially offensively scoring. That's where this kid really shines. Uh, 6'2", 242 pounds, got the size to be that effective weapon in the middle of the field. He's a project when it comes to being a complete tight end. He doesn't quite have the blocking skills to be a factor in run protection and pass protection yet, but this kid could be a very interesting fit for the Patriots in their offense, uh, especially when it comes to the backfield in the slot. This kid can move the chains. And and whether they decide to go with Okonkwo or not is really kind of irrelevant at this point. What it shows to me is that the Patriots are clearly looking at ways to improve their offense. And one of the ways they mm -hmm. might do that is with the tight end position. Claire, I went into this draft season believing that tight end was not a priority for the Patriots. They had two of the top players at the position without any question, Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, even though John stuck, you know, struggled a little bit last year, he still has that top tier talent. So I didn't think the Patriots would be too active, but the more I look into their interest in a guy like Okonkwo or interest in potential draft targets, it really kind of makes more sense to me. I leave it to you, our resident expert on <laughs> tight endage. You are the empress of tight endage. Um, what type of message does this send to you? And who do you have your sharp eye on heading into the 2022 NFL draft if the Patriots are looking tight end? Well, like you, Mike, and probably like most people, them showing any kind of interest in, in a tight end is surprising because we look at that big free agency spending, the moving up in the draft to pick two rookie tight ends, obviously, in Asiasi and Keane only a couple of years ago. So when you look on the face of it, you kind of think, well, yeah, the, the sort of stats. But then when you kind of peel back the layers and you look at what they actually have when it comes to tie-ins, you've got to kind of think about it because, yes, they've got Hunter Henry, who everybody knows that I love. So I'll sing his praises all day long and all fairness. And so they've got that number one tight end. They've got the traditional, the, the blocker, the playmaker. He's, he's the rounded tight end that we know. You've got Janu Smith, who obviously on a big kind of a reasonably big contract, a four year deal for 50 million, that kind of thing. They haven't got the best out of him as of yet. Now, that isn't to say that they can't. That isn't a slight on his athletic ability, nothing like that. But just looking at the first year, they haven't had from Smith what was expected from Smith. So it is a mild question mark there. Do I think, in my personal opinion, they'll get rid of him? No, of course not. They've got this four-year deal. They, they've seen something in him. It's just going to take a bit longer to get out of him what they expected. So it, it's just a little bit of taking time and patience. So you've got, okay, so there you've got, you've got your two tight ends. The thing is, when you then delve deeper into the tight endage core within New England, you've got Matt Lacoste, or you haven't because he was on the practice squad. So now he now reverts to having no contract. So he needs to be re-signed or re-signed to the practice squad. I don't know all the technicalities, but I just know that technically you kind of don't have him now. Whether or not you get him back, I can't imagine that he's going to be majorly in demand to go elsewhere. So him being signed back to the practice squad probably wouldn't be um, kind of difficult. However, he, he, you know, he's not a young guy. He's been in. Yes, of course, he's been in the system for a little while. So he's got that sort of history in New England with him. But has he really produced that much? Have we really seen him produce that much? That kind of thing. So it's a bit of a mm, it depends if they'd want to bring him back for his experience within the system. Now, the other two individuals that you could say with the experience in the system, but that could be argued, is obviously Dalton Keane and Devon Asiasi. Situation is, Keane 
he's looking to I'm assuming looking to return but he's going into his third year in New England and not really produced a fat lot and has suffered unfortunately for him injuries so is he somebody that you are going to get enough out of or is he just a kid that's going to be on the injury list all the time now like I said I'm not trying to kind of bag on him for being injured I understand that this sort of sport is very physical and it's something that happens and it's just unfortunate that some of the kids don't get off the ground because they're suffering injuries or they you know they've got sort of injury problems so recurring injury problems so there's a question mark on him and then there's also a question. I mean, Devon Asiasi is just an enigma as far as we're concerned. We heard lots of good things when they traded up to get him in the draft. There was there was a lot of good that I was. I mean, people were even saying to me, you know, kind of look out, Claire. We know you love tight ends. He's going to be he's going to be good. You know, you're going to expect some good things from him. You can kind of mourn the loss of Ryan Izzo and things like this because we've got Devon Asiasi, that sort of thing. And unfortunately, we just haven't seen now. There's multiple reasons why we might not have seen from him what he's got. And it starts from the COVID season to having personal tragedy to just really not being put out there. And it just feels like now he just wasn't utilised last year at all. And I get a lot of people will argue they had Hunter Henry and they had Janu Smith. Of course they did. But they also had Hunter Henry and Janu Smith. And Janu Smith wasn't used significantly in certain at certain times, sorry. He had injury, so there there was prime opportunity to slip Devon Asiasi in there occasionally to give the guy some NFL experience, and they just didn't. And I know that we've talked about this extensively before, so I'm I'm not going to kind of like bore everybody, but it just feels like after two years, if they haven't really utilised him, is it a red flag of they're not going to, or he doesn't quite fit the system, or he just hasn't got what the Patriots want? It's it is just a bit of a, it's an enigma, as I've said. So, you know, there's another question mark around him. And then the final tight end who's actually technically on the roster will be a free agent this year is Troy Fumigali. And unfortunately, he has been a kid that has suffered with wrong place, wrong time syndrome, because he's always been in the wrong place at the wrong time with stacked kind of quarterback, uh, quarterback, tight end core. And he hasn't really had chance. And I heard good things about him in practice and then he got designated on IR and things like this. And it just looks like that this guy isn't really going to do in New England what maybe I was hoping, maybe some of his other fans were hoping. So pretty sure that he's going to go at free agency and of no fault of his own, really. So if you look at that, if you look at that list now of tight ends, the only sure thing you've got is Hunter Henry, and sort of Janu Smith. And I say that in the aspect of because he's got a big contract or a reasonable contract. Can't see them really only giving the, the guy one year and then getting rid. So as for your backup tight ends, as for your TE3s, as for your practice squad guys, what are we really looking at? So I don't think it'd be, I don't think I'd be completely shocked if the Patriots just cleared house of the extras for their tight ends and kind of started themselves again. And I know that we'll talk about Nick Cayley in a little bit, so mm-hmm. I won't kind of go into how that could be something in regards to the coaching and a, a new coach, so a new offensive coordinator or a new offensive guy, shall we say, could actually make that sort of thing significant of the whole right well we're kind of cleaning house a bit we've got Hunter and we've got Smith because they're on contracts we know Hunter can perform we think Smith can perform let's kind of empty the cupboard and start again and see what we can utilize when it comes to tight endage so maybe the movement of Kaylee that maybe I know that we'll touch on in a minute the movement of the the offensive core when it comes to coaching could kind of push that into effect just to kind of fresh slate clean page start again when it comes to tight endage in that in that respect bringing some new guys who we can move up within the system to eventually replace henry and smith you know in the years to come kind of thing so do they want to start with someone who's new and who's fresh into the system when they're starting new and for a new and fresh system now i know obviously the patriot system will say the same i'm, I'm not saying that but 
if they're moving around with the offensive coordinator core and that kind of thing, the offensive coaching core, you could be producing something new and fresh that still runs the same system. I hope that's mm-hmm. making sense in all fairness. So on no, that, I think it is. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I like to make sense if I can. You're making a lot I have more had... sense than I made earlier. I can tell you that right now. You're definitely, you're what's holding this show together right now, Claire. So thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> With it being my one year anniversary, I have had too much coffee and too much sugar this morning in celebration <laughs> of, of my one year anniversary in all fairness. So I'm kind of like really running on hyped up sugar and, and caffeine at the moment. So think of, mm, I don't know, a six year old on sherbet and you might kind of get where I'm at at the moment. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, moving it along. So if that's the case, if they kind of, if the, offensive coaching core is maybe looking to do that they're looking to kind of right let's clean house let's cut our losses with what we haven't hadn't had and let's look at what we can get in so they are looking at the draft they are looking at the possibilities of what's coming in now in all fairness everybody kind of talks to everybody at the combine and stuff like this you can't really pinpoint of oh well so and so spoke to that that's a really good point because everybody talks to everybody because they have to they they of course it, it's it's a professional industry they're doing their due diligence uh, just about say that um in looking at what the prospects are and not even if they're looking at the prospects for themselves for the, for their team but for their teams you know who's going to be in competition with them and stuff like this so i wouldn't put too much onus on the fact that they looked at that guy but the fact that they are openly kind of chatting to tight ends is for somebody like me it's positive because whenever there's a hint whenever there is a tiny drop of blood in the water when it comes to tight endage and I sniff it out then obviously I'm going to be excited so that's great I'm not going to put onus in they're not going to or I say they're not going to in 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 my humble opinion I, I don't know for sure obviously but it would seem unlikely that the Patriots are going to go hard in on kind of the first few rounds of the draft for a tight end because they don't need necessarily someone who can come in from day one and perform like an NFL player because they've got Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith who they've dropped a lot of cash on. (laughs) Really what the Patriots kind of need or what I, I, I feel that they need is those guys to develop. Those guys that maybe can go on the practice squad, those guys that maybe can be TE3 and work under and watch Hunter Henry, watch Johnny Smith, see what is needed when it comes to an NFL tight end. Because it's been said, it's one of the most difficult positions in, in the sport. And it, it's one of the positions that is utilised so much throughout the whole of the offence. So it, it, it's a big job when it comes to player position. So it's something that I understand is difficult to, to develop into growing in regards to the NFL. So having a guy come in who can develop who can grow who can see what what you know what hunter henry can teach them that kind of thing is something that i feel would be interesting in regards to the patriots so what you kind of looking at then is you aren't necessarily looking at um in regards to names in the draft now you need to bear with me because i don't watch college football i don't really have access it, it's not a desire it's not a lack of desire it's a lack of accessibility i should say um so I don't really see a lot. Now, I try and seek out kind of tape. I try and seek out the the draft guide from PFF, So, which is very interesting. So I've got to say um, a big thank you to my friend Chudders, who, who helps me and sends me some PFF information and stuff like that. So big thank you to him, because without him, I wouldn't be able to get my draft guide information. So, yeah, big thanks to him. So so I, that's where I get a lot of my information from. And I know that that can be um, a risk in itself because... As I do often say, it's not always about the numbers. And that's all that a draft guide really is. It's just giving you the kind of the numbers, the stats on a guy. Mm-hmm. And you you don't get a true picture from stats of a guy. You you get a true picture from seeing that guy play. And I understand that. So I try and seek out a little bit of like highlight reels and things like that when it comes to that. And yeah, I am interested in tight endage, even if the Patriots, even if Bill Belichick stood at the podium this morning and went, for the record, guys we're not looking at any tight ends ever whatsoever no go zero this year don't even mention a name to me I'd still be interested because it's still a player position that I find interesting and I try and kind of educate myself with tight ends around the league and not just Patriots but it always just does come back to Patriots so I have only got so much information that my brain can hold because it's quite small so (laughs) on that aspect on in in that 
reflecting that I only have little bits of information so I know there's a lot of people out there that will have a load of draft information watch a load of college football and my big respect to you so I apologize if my very lack of information offends you and I am sorry but I do I genuinely do try really hard in regards to that so bearing in mind with that you aren't I don't see or don't feel that the Patriots are going to be targeting guys like Trey McBride from Colorado State he's projected to go in the second round you've got a 6'4 260 guy and he's kind of I think I understand he's one of the top uh tight ends that are in the draft at the moment he's, yeah he is the top by consensus draft is he the top? Him rank number one 43 in terms of prospects overall that's all different positions but McBride is their top out of Colorado State so yeah he's he's the crown jewel yeah so as much as, as as great as this kid could be, I mean, I understand that, you know, he's um, he strides past linebackers easily. And I am quoting from the PFF guide here, so yeah, apologies. He strides past linebackers easily, more than enough speed to test the seams. He puts up rare numbers in college and he was the focal point of Colorado State's offense. He's not going to be a move to end, nor will he win one on one outside despite doing so in college. And he is straight line after the catch player, not much dynamism. So good guy, good player. Had a little bit of I've had a little bit of a, a look into his highlights, but not too excessively, simply because he's too high rounded a project a projected, sorry. The Patriots, as much as they you you as you've mentioned that they're looking at interesting times. I can't see them going this high in the draft this year when they've got so much else to to deal with in regards to defence and stuff like that. And I know that's a talk for another show. So, unfortunately, as much as Trey McBride looks like, a, you know, he looks like a good, solid guy. I just cannot see how he can really get in into the Patriots system. He's He's not sort of he's too expensive, shall we say. And they've already spent a lot of money um, when it comes to Hunter and Smith. In regards to draft capital, that that guy's just kind of too high up, too expensive. So, in that respect, there are two names who I am very excited about. Now, the first guy does show up on the um, PFF draft board, and he is projected in something like the fourth round. This individual is Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. The kid is 6'5 and 250. So immediately he's got the build of Ryan Izzo. And I mean, it's always a checkbox when it comes to me. But in all <laughs> seriousness, he's a legitimate people mover in the running game. The running game. Now that to me was that just screamed out at me because Patriots running game is a significant. So for a guy to already be somebody who would be integrated into a predominant Patriots sort of playmake is very very intriguing he's built like a block of granite and rocked up frame i mean i mean come on this this is like can you say these things so um <laughs> he will bounce defensive backs off the turf i mean somebody get me some cold water really in all fairness yeah he has cons he's no juice as a root runner he's really just a zone beater type and an afterthought in the passing game he hasn't had much experience in the passing game from what I understand. So you're looking at this kid as a real solid blocker and really good in the, as I said, in the running game. So to me, that kind of ticks the box already and makes you kind of go, hmm, that's interesting for the Patriots. You've got a fourth round projection. So, you know, he's he's lower in the draft capital, but he looks like he's got he's definitely got some positive points. Yes, he needs development, particularly in the passing game. So, you know, that that's something that it's like, well, this is what makes him cheaper, shall we say, in adverted commas, and something that maybe you could look at utilising over the next few years building this this kid up so that he becomes an actual oh, shall I say the word weapon we, <laughs> in in the in the running game as well as the passing game so if you can develop somebody like this like that within the system over time when you've got already got two tight ends to utilize now you have the time to put into this kid then that to me is very interesting now there is another guy that you might not be aware of that I have only recently 
come to pass so there may be people out there that absolutely love this kid already and are like oh my goodness yeah I've watched all of his games however you may not so and he's not on the draft guide so I know that that kind of is already a sort of a sort of a mild red flag of oh well you know if he's not projected in the draft guide is he might he go undrafted that sort of thing so does that mean he's not maybe that good however bear with me folks just give me a little bit of time to sway you on this kid Austin Allen out of Nebraska a sleeper pick, I reckon. So initially a late round pick. So in inverted commas, a cheap draft pick. Now, Nebraska, I understand, have had a bad season. The last few games, they've only lost by one score, though. And they haven't got a totally efficient quarterback. He's a bit turnover happy. So it is difficult to, as I as I have said before, it's difficult to really showcase somebody's ability when you've got a quarterback who isn't throwing to you. Circa Brian Uso. Okay. Now, he was a Big Ten winner, which also previously to that, the winners were Pat Freemuth, who we all know that I love, and he's doing great things at the Steelers, and TJ Hawkinson for the Lions, who I understand, you know, good tight end. So it sort of shows that the kid's got some stuff, but he's just unfortunately in an offense that's not really promoting his positivity. Now, I haven't even gotten to the best bit about this guy yet, and I know that I'll get teased for this, but I don't actually care. This kid is 6'8 slash 6'9. Now, I say 6'8 slash 6'9 because it depends where you look at his statistics. I understand that he may have gone into college football at 6'8, but I understand from other places that he may have grown an inch by now, which is was it isn't unusual for, you know, individuals. So I'm not specific, exactly specific on his height, but 6'8, 6'9, it's all good to me. 260 pounds. So this kid isn't exactly huge. He he could He's got a frame that he could do with. Maybe it wouldn't hurt him to put a little bit of muscle weight on to kind of bulk up a little bit more. So, I mean, can you imagine if you've got a guy that's that high with a little bit more of a muscle mass, a bit kind of stronger sort of thing? He's going to be immovable when it comes to sort of blocking. Now, I've watched some tape and he's he seems a good runner, reasonably good runner. Now, I don't know his speed. I haven't got statistics that we get like at combines and things with his, his 40 and this, that and the other. But just looking at some of the highlights, granted highlights, and I did say that word, I know that it doesn't showcase individuals at their worst when it's their highlight reel. But I've only got so much at my disposal. Watching him, he's a reasonable blocker. He's reasonable after the catch and being a low pick or a low ranked, you know, whatever you want to say, what what have you got to lose by taking this guy? Because you're taking him in such a low round, particularly. I mean, if this kid's undrafted, oh, I will be squealing for him to be picked up in all fairness by the pages because he's primed for an individual that isn't kind of out there isn't necessarily under everybody's radar on everybody's radar that has the potential to grow in the system and you've got a guy that I mean you can teach and you can develop skills you can bulk up muscle you cannot teach six foot eight six foot nine you 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 just can't you just it's, obviously it's not going to happen so the to me, I think that's a key thing. And I mean, I know I'm going to get loads of stick from a couple of my friends for, oh, you only like guys that are big. But it's no, it's it's significant when you've got individuals who haven't really been performing in the role, kind of like Devon Asiasi and stuff. You've got six, three sort of guys that, no, bring me a six, eight, six, nine guy on the edge and you've really got something. And it takes two blokes to lift him off the ground and this, that and the other. And I know it takes that for many, but watching the highlight reels of this guy got me really excited and I just think that because he's under the radar with the sort of bad season at Nebraska offense that kind of thing I just think he's prime he's just prime to be a patriot tight end in the system build him up a little bit and you could possibly have the most phenomenal of weapons Honestly, I am so glad that you mentioned Austin Allen, a prospect that I've had my eye on for quite a while. Someone that is agreed. You're, he's running under the radar, and I can't really figure out why. Maybe it's the Nebraska effect. Maybe it's the fact that Nebraska just, I think, did a very poor job of utilizing this kid in the red zone. Um, well, you talked about the size of this kid, and you talked about his ability to be able to get open and be a target, yeah, especially exactly. down low where, you, where scoring threats are so prevalent. 
this kid also has elite footwork. I don't think a lot of people realize that he has a very good amount of agility for a kid his size. When he gained the the additional size that he had, because he came into Nebraska very thin. I think the original measurements on this kid, if I'm not mistaken, is 6'8", 210 pounds. That's lanky. Wow. Guy. Yeah. He put on a good amount of weight in order to be able to even compete at that level. And still, he's still got a little way to go, I think, to bulk up to be an effective NFL tight end. But he never lost the athleticism that he had along with that lanky, uh, you know, thin frame. He was quick. He had great footwork. This, to me, screams New England Patriots because it's a project that Bill Belichick loves to cultivate. He loves to work on things like this. And Allen to me is someone that if he can shore up his hands, prove that he can be that type of, you know, receptive tight end that can be a threat in the open field, but also a threat as a blocker. Uh, you know, this is someone that I think can really uh, uh, do well. Sometimes he likes to go, uh, you know, outside the box, look for big 10 guys as well. This could be a great option for the new England Patriots. 602 yards for 38 receptions in 2021, like Claire said, um, earning him uh, the Qualic Cart Tight End of the Year award that was given to two guys that you know very well, TJ Hawkinson and Pat Fryermouth. And mm-hmm. listening uh, just on that subject for just a moment, see, I thought here I was, I thought I was going to give you a nice one-year anniversary gift. I was going to wrap this up, put it in a bow, and give it to you. Folks, Claire just wrapped it herself, opened it, and tore it <laughs> right open. <laughs> Mentioning Fryermouth. Uh, my good friend, my uh, colleague here on the Locked On Podcast Network, host of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and draft expert extraordinaire for the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs, compared Pat Fryermouth to the other tight end that you mentioned this morning. He met, compared him very much so to Jeremy Ruckert. And look, Ruckert right now Ooh. in terms of being that type of weapon in the open field is still a little bit of a work in progress. There's still a little bit that he needs to do in terms of football IQ. He needs to learn the route tree a little bit better, especially if you're going to be an effective tight end in the Patriots system, you need to learn how to run routes and, and he's definitely capable. I love the upside on this kid because I do think that he has the ability to be able to, to be someone that can do that. I'd like to see him get a little more physical when it comes to tightly contested uh, catches. That's been a little bit of a difficulty for him. But one thing that I really love about this kid and what he has ready to provide to an NFL uh, roster is his blocking skills. I think he's pro ready Mm -hmm. right off the bat. He's an enthusiastic blocker. Um, You know, I think he's got a lot of, he, he has a lot of success in those combo blocks He can get in. He can seal the gap on the running game. This is a kid right now that if you're going to look for Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith to take a bigger role in the offense this year, this is the kid that you want to keep your eye on. So excellent, excellent suggestions. And I think both (laughs) are good Patriots, potential Patriots down the line. And the one thing that this did prove to me as well is we started out by talking about a Conquo, Claire, and his skill set is not like the two guys that you've mentioned. It's not like Austin Allen or even, um, uh, you know, Jeremy Rucker. His is more offensive-based, being that weapon, uh, contested catches. This is something that he does well. Carrying the ball out of the backfield, being an offensive threat. And that, to me, says that the Patriots are looking for playmakers, whether it's at the tight end position, whether it's at the wide receiver position, or whether it's just in free agency in general or wherever they happen to be looking for it, Patriots are looking for more ways to get creative on offense, move the ball, and be able to score in the red zone. And that's going to lead me into our next topic here on Locked On Patriots. Because, folks, when we return, the empress of tight endage will continue to impress and dazzle, as she's already done this morning, as she talks about the coaching staff, particularly tight ends coach Nick Cayley. Will Nick be in line for a more major role for the Patriots in 2022? Claire and I discuss that and more when this Wednesday episode with the lady of Locked On, Claire Cooper, continues. Locked On listeners, it is the new year, so you know what that means. That's right, New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure that you include Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Folks, I can tell you from personal experience, they've replaced all the candy in my household. 
Built Bar makes it easy to stick to your New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, Built Bar makes it enjoyable to eat healthy. Here's an idea for the new year. Since this is the new year and it's time for out with the old, in with the new, go to all those secret treat stashes you've got laying around from the holidays, either at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary, calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, mint brownie, so many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out with new limited-time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code, and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Patriots fans, the empress of tight endage, Claire, classy Claire Cooper, joins me here today from across the pond in West Midlands in the UK. And Claire, in the previous segment, great discussion, great insight when it came to who the Patriots might be looking at in terms of tight ends for the 2022 NFL draft. One prominently mentioned on the draft boards, one not so prominently mentioned. And Claire, again, is the resident expert on tight endage here. When she talks, we listen. She is the EF Utton of tight endage. There's another name for you. That's it. Going to put that one on the board now. Um, however, I'm dating myself with that reference. Anybody that gets that, yeah, you're either pretty old or you're an old soul like me. So one of the two, uh, you know, I don't know what that says about you, but uh, hopefully you think you're in good company. Bottom line, Claire, the Patriots are going to always have an eye on tight endage. This is something that's been a staple in a Bill Belichick team really since he came in. Um, even the days where he was working as a defensive coordinator, Bill Parcells had the combination of Drew Bledsoe and Ben Coates. And then coming in uh, you know, to, uh, to New England, we've seen him cultivate the tight end and uh, um, uh, quarterback relationship. One of the big keys in that is having a strong coach at that position. And by all accounts, Nick Haley has been that uh, very, excuse me, very well respected in the offseason, very well respected in the locker room, uh, very much controlled, uh, you know, in terms of the job that he's done with the tight ends that he's coached. And with Josh McDaniels now off in Las Vegas and taking some significant coaches with him, like Bo Hardigree, like Carmen Brasillo. Um, you know, especially Mick Lombardi, who really was expected to have a bigger hand in the Patriots offense uh, once we knew Josh was going to be leaving. That kind of puts the guys that are currently on this staff under the microscope. And I know there's been a lot of hoopla surrounding Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and the fan base as people are listening to this. They're going, oh, no, not more Joe Judge, not more Matt Patricia. This is not good. The Patriots do have a plan, folks, and a lot of that plan is to incorporate a lot more of the younger coaches or maybe new talent at the coaching position and kind of bring them in and having Patricia and Judge maybe play a little bit more of an advisory role as opposed to giving them the keys to the kingdom. I happen to think, Claire, that Nick Cayley is one of the more intriguing options on this staff. I think he's a rising star in the coaching ranks. I think Bill Belichick sees that, and I think he sees consistency and maybe even longevity and stability here. This kid could be on, and I call him a kid, but uh, he probably appreciates that. <laughs> Nick, I know you're listening, and if you hear that, you can send the text on, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, all kidding aside. <laughs> Uh, Nick is a very humble guy. He's a very easy guy to be able to talk to. He's very forthcoming when it comes to play breakdowns. And one thing that I noticed in getting a chance to get to know Nick a little bit this year, Claire, was he's very enthusiastic when it comes to breaking down plays. And when a coach has that twinkle in his eye, when you're describing breaking down plays and really getting into things and the nuts and bolts of what it takes to succeed on the field, it leads me to believe that a kid like this can be a very good play caller. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Uh, over the weekend, believe it or not, um, Dante Skarnecchia, uh, former Patriots, uh, you know, the offensive line coach, legendary coach in the NFL for so many years, uh, really, you know, just one of the more revered names that you'll hear anywhere uh, in, uh, um, in any type of, of walk of life. 
recently had an interview with the athletics Jeff Howe and Steve Balistrieri and I talked about this a little bit yesterday and Scar really went out of his way to mention Nick as a potential guy that could have a bigger role and he mentioned the fact that when you coach tight ends you're coaching a position that really encompasses the entire offense you your hand mm -hmm. is in everything you're involved in the yeah. passing game so you have to know the receivers you have to know the quarterbacks you have to know the tight ends Obviously, you have to know the offensive line. Blocking is a huge part of it. Tight ends become part of the offensive line on numerous occasions. Then you have to know the run game as well because they're carrying the ball out of the backfield on occasion. So Nick is someone that is capable of calling plays on a number of different ways. This is good news for the Patriots because Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, for all the experience that they have, not so much when it comes to play calling. So Nick could be in line for something like this. When you hear this, obviously, I know it fills you with a lot of uh, excitement because you're uh, thinking, oh, more tight end this year. Ooh, more tight end. I'm going to get more touchdowns. I'm going to get this. I mean, you know, I know you're excited. So try to stifle that just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. No, get excited as, as you want. We love it here on Locked on Patriots. But all kidding aside, with Nick coming in, yes, it would mean maybe a greater focus on the tight ends. But it would also mean, I think, so many great things for the New England Patriots offense. In what you've absorbed and what you've learned from Nick Cayley, what are your thoughts on what the Patriots offense may look like? And does the fact that the Pats may have looked at tight ends or maybe looking at tight ends in the draft kind of tip you off that, that maybe something may be afoot here with Nick and him taking on a bigger role in 2022? Well, yeah, as I sort of kind of alluded to earlier when we discussed sort of like the Titans and the Titans in the draft and maybe they'd look at kind of emptying the cupboard and restocking sort of thing it, you know this this could be a mild indication of the fact that Kaylee is going to be even more sensitive used in in the offense now I just want to quickly touch on I mean the addition of I know didn't want everybody to roll their eyes but the, I just wanted to say that the addition of Joe Judge I feel personally is generally a positive in the fact that he's not a stranger to the Patriots. It'll be his ninth season in the system. Now, not really sure if, if we're really looking to have him as the play caller anyway, but I think just the experience, just the continuity of having him in the in one of the rooms on the team, that kind of thing is something that you know, sort of maybe we could be positive about. As you said, Patricia hasn't really got that sort of offensive experience in all fairness. So that's a, it's a curiosity as to what he may do going forward. I mean, I looked at the at the offensive staff and the, the other guy that stood out was Troy Brown. Now, as many people probably know, he spent 15 years as a wide receiver for the Patriot, but he's only in his second going into his third year as a coach within the New England system. And he started kind of in running back and the, uh, sorry, the kick return and moving into wide receivers sort of last year. So he's got extensive player experience in the Patriots system, but limited coaching experience. So I think he's somebody who may have a very bright future when it comes to Patriots coordinating, uh, coaching, sorry, but, yeah, looking at the sort of the offensive side of the ball, you haven't got somebody that's got significant experience to to look upon. Now, this is why I think maybe Nick, one of the reasons Nick Cayley is coming forefront of the conversation is he's the one individual who is reasonably young when it comes to being a coach. He's been in the Patriots coaching situation for quite a while. He's entering his fifth season as a tight end coach um, in 2021 after two seasons as a coaching assistant. And he's also coached fullbacks in 2017. Now, he also spent 10 years coaching in the college ranks. So when you look at it like that, that's quite an extensive amount of coaching experience that he's got for a reasonably young guy I mean he's something like I think he's 38 I want to say so you've you've got a guy who's still sort of reasonably rather young when it comes to sort of football and that and coaching kind of thing so he's got plenty of years ahead of him but he's also got quite a few years under his belt as well and I think that is what's one of the things that's most significant as you mentioned Tight end is an integral position when it comes to the whole of the offense. So, you know, to put it kind of, for want of a better phrase, Kaylee may have, you know, most fingers in most of the pies when it comes to the, the offense in, in regards to the Patriots offense or things. So I think him developing further into 
the offensive coordinator or the offensive play caller, that kind of thing, seems a bit of a kind of a no-brainer, if you like. Now, yeah, it, it's well, are you only sort of saying that because there's no one else really there in the on the offensive side of the ball? As you said, Joe Judge hasn't got the extensive experience when it comes to play calling. Patricia hasn't really got the he had the 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 head coaching job obviously but it unfortunately wasn't extremely successful and he's down as much more of a defensive mind than than really our offense I suppose you would say so I can understand why there's there's concerns or there's uh reservations about him being the sort of the play caller for for the offensive side of the ball and and that's fair enough so part of it does sort of just look like well it kind of looks like Kaylee might be your only really option. Now, that's not going to be the case, is it really? Because Bill's going to know what's going on in regards to the rest of the league and, and you know, other coaches that are coming through, that kind of thing. So even though it sort of looks like he might be the only option, um, he's probably, he's, you know, we're pretty sure that he's not, but he seems a very good option. Now, yeah, from my perspective as a tight end enthusiast, it's it's great because, you know, it's it's my tight end coach moving up. But it kind of also leaves a deficit of, well, you know, how is it going to affect his time as a tight end coach? Is he going to be a tight end coach slash offensive coordinator? Is he going to move over to the quarterbacks and be a quarterback coach slash play caller? That kind of thing. So it's it creates a level of uncertainty on what's going to happen. And again, going back to my previous point, this might be why they are kind of delving into the whole what what sorry what titans are out there, what titans are available. We are going to clear out the cupboard, and we are going to start again with a new guy as a tight end coach, being Joe Judge or Matt Patricia or something like that. So there's there's sort of many ifs and buts and candy and nuts, obviously at the moment because we don't really know who's going where and who's doing what. In all fairness, when it comes to the coordinators and the coaching, but he seems on paper a very good sort of fit, if you like. As a, as I mentioned, he's got experience. He's he's not just... I was very surprised to actually read that he's got 10 years coaching in college ranks as well. Now, obviously, that's different to NFL coaching. Fully appreciate that. But it's still experience, an extensive amount of experience. It's still a considerable amount of time. If you do anything for 10 years, I think, you, you know, and you're reasonably successful, then you're going to be pretty good at it kind of thing. So... And moving on to the fact that he's been in the system, he's been in the Patriot system for sort of seven years. It, yeah, that's something significant to, to sort of say in respect to that. So I don't know. I wasn't super excited to hear that he would be the offensive, you know, if, if he if he could be the play caller or the offensive coordinator. Because there's always that one part of me that loves tight ends to be like, well, you know, I want him to be able to focus his time on tight ends because, yeah, I, I want them to be predominant because it's, that's just my love. That's my passion. And I appreciate that. But the logical part of me says, well, looking at it from a grand perspective, to move him along within the system is, is just going to be a positive thing. And that's what Bill likes to do. Belichick likes to move up from within. He likes to keep his guys and and I can fully understand why. So it just seems to really fit if they move Kaylee into the sort of play calling position. As I said, we don't know at this stage if he'll be kind of like on into the quarterbacks, if he'll stay tight end coach, that sort of thing. But to move him into a more of offensive coordinator or towards an offensive coordinator position, just I do feel like being a tight end coach gives him one of the best chances to really understand fully the extent of the offense because as you said tight ends have to so their coaches is going to be you know the, one of the, the the first things to think of so yeah I think it's a good thing I hope it happens because I understand that how Belichick likes to move from in and the other thing that might be significant to look at is although him being in the tight end room isn't him being in the quarterback room, but it's a guy who's been around Mac Jones. It's a guy that's been in the system before Mac Jones and since Mac Jones started. And I think for him to have a guy around him on the offense that is somebody who's already been there for a while, seen has seen this kid grow, and in particular grow with an individual who's also he coaches because the the link between Matt Jones and Hunter Henry has been mentioned. It's quite it's been quite warming and quite significant. So that in itself is, you know, is another positivity that that's the guy that was under Kaylee anyway. So 
I think that utilising him as the play caller, utilising him as a guy that's around Matt Jones, I think is a really good thing. And I'm really sort of talking myself around it. So I really hope that anybody's listening who's concerned with him and with him being the offensive coordinator or play caller, if that so happens, I hope that I have helped a little bit in just kind of eased your nervousness because my personal opinion, and it's only just my fangirl opinion, I, I think looking at it, looking at the the experience and how coaches develop within the Patriots system I think that Nick Cayley being over onto the the kind of offensive coordinator play caller kind of what I think this is gonna this could mean really good things for the Patriots yeah I think it means good things for the Patriots as well and the one thing that really surprised me about all this Claire is that the mention of Nick Cayley's name actually especially over the weekend really kind of got my DMs a little more positive over the course of the last couple of days. <laughs> Fans coming out and saying, yeah, you know what, hearing that, you know, the Patriots may be looking to someone that's been in the system for the last few years as someone that could possibly contribute to play calling, not even necessarily be the primary play caller, but at least be able to lend some input and some uh, insight into how the Patriots do things, I think was a comfort to a lot of Patriots fans, and it should be. Nick Cayley, again, is someone that is very capable of being able to understand what the Patriots love to do offensively in all facets. And let's not forget, I mean, he's also the fullbacks coach as well, so he knows a thing or two about Jakob Johnson. He knows a thing or two about all aspects, like I said earlier, and you've articulated very well. This is something that is a good thing, and especially for coaches that come in, like Matt Patricia, who has been here now for a year again after his stint in uh, Detroit. He's going to play more in an advisory role, folks, but there is some experience there as well. He did start and cut his coaching teeth along the offensive line. I think a lot of people forget that. Joe Judge coming in, I agree with you. I think it is a positive. I don't understand why there is so much negativity surrounding Joe's return, but these are the types of things that the Patriots will need to do. Incorporate what they do well, keep the system in place, and not really get overly concerned about bringing in new hot names simply because it's what the fan base is clamoring for. It's about doing the right thing, not necessarily about doing the popular thing. And the Patriots are able to do that. Now, will that translate on the field? still too early to tell it could very easily go the other way as opposed to being a positive but right now the more I'm looking at it if the Patriots offense does have a heavier hand uh, of Nick Cayley guiding it this year then I think they're going to be in good company so you've given us a lot to think about Countess just like as always and <laughs> next week folks she will continue to be back next week we will have launched YouTube so we will be live and visual Claire will definitely be bringing it. I will definitely be ruining your meal or whatever you happen to be eating while you're watching or uh, listening to this podcast, but not a problem. We will definitely be coming to you live and in living color. But until next week, Claire, thank you so much for, again, bringing your wisdom, your counsel, like only you can here to Locked On Patriots. My sincerest congratulations to you once again for one year on a Claire Perspective of Patriots podcast. One of my favorite listens, folks. I never miss an episode. You shouldn't miss an episode. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast today because truly it is one of the best and most positive and most entertaining and really most informative Patriots podcast that you'll find anywhere. So proud of your success. I'm so happy for your success. And you deserve it, every single bit of it, because you put the work in each and every day. And that's why we enjoy having you here. And we appreciate you being the lady of Locked On every Wednesday here on Locked On Patriots. Um, in the meantime, uh, please let our listeners know where they can find you, interact with you, and what you have coming up in the days and weeks as we head toward free agency in the draft from the great voice, the great accent, and the great pen of Claire Classy Claire Cooper. Well, as always, it's, it was so much fun to come on Locked On, so I really appreciate you having me, and thank you everybody for continuing to listen that, that makes me able to come back each and every Wednesday. So, Yes, if you'd like to kind of find me, I'm on Twitter at Clazy Claire, which is C-L-A-Z-Z-Y-C-L-A-R-E. You'll find my written work at patspropaganda.com. We're doing bits and pieces in the off-season now, so we're kind of collating because it's the off-season, me and Tom. So, But you'll find my game recaps, they will return in the season. So just watch that space for, you know, what's kind of coming next. Absolutely. One Patriots place. <laughs> Oh, sorry. One Patriots place is there for you each and every week. So myself, Steve Balistrieri, Thomas Murphy, 
courtesy of E2G Sports. So yeah, we are live now, so you can see our faces if you really want to. But importantly, as he, as Mike mentioned, it's my one year anniversary for my podcast, A Claire Perspective. So thank you to everyone out there that does support me, that does listen to my podcast. I appreciate it. My anniversary episode went up this morning. So that is with the lovely Nick Fitzy Stevens. So there's a, a special kind of 50 odd minute show because I normally kind of keep it at 30 minutes. So a special 50 odd minute show is, is out now. So please go and check out episode 26. Please rate, review and subscribe. And I'm sticking in the off season. You can't get rid of me that easily. So a clear perspective will be out there during the off season. So in two weeks, please tune in because there'll be another guest for you to listen to. So yeah, so thank you everybody for your support. And Mike, thank you very much for all yours because, yeah, I, I wouldn't have started it without you. So I appreciate you all. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome on that. And thank you for the compliment. But you would have been doing exactly what you're doing, regardless of me or anyone else. Your talent and your uh, ability uh, to connect with uh, Patriots fandom is what sets you apart from anyone else in this business. And again, I'm so happy and so proud of your success and continued success. Thank you for allowing me to come along on this journey with you as well, because it's been uh, you know, definitely uh, one of uh, the, the, the highlights um, of my you know past year it, and you know more than that really in this business and I thank you for all of your support and thank you for classing up the joint here on Lockdown Patriots each and every <laughs> Wednesday until next week folks continue to stay safe stay well Claire once again thank you and you talk about getting rid of you no nobody's getting rid of you who, who would want to get rid of you Claire we only want more and we'll give that to you next Wednesday right here on Lockdown Patriots thanks again Claire thanks Mike thank you everybody